You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Fool me, we can't get fooled again. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. Marcus Parks is busy working for you for the next episode of Last Podcast on the left. So I am going to be joined today by Mary Kelly. Thanks for being on the show, Mary. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're here in uh, Los Angeles. We're at our LPN West studios. It's very exciting. Uh, Henry and Eddie and Jackie keep it full of peanut M&Ms, and I have been slamming down peanut M&Ms, and I've had a great time doing it. We've got a bunch of stuff to get to. We're going to focus mostly on what's going on at our southern border. Absolutely despicable, of course, this family separation phenomenon that began in early May. It has now been done away with. With the stroke of a pen that Donald Trump could have, Donald Trump could have stroked this pen a long time ago. But uh, today he did finally end officially family separation at our southern border. So we've got a lot of stuff to get into regarding that. I gotta say, it's been awesome being out here in LA. We're pitching shows, ladies and gentlemen, and boy. Don't they love when we walk into the room and they see us, Henry, Marcus, and Ben Kissel. They say, that's the future of television right there. Or it's the opposite. I really don't know. (laughs) Nonetheless, it's been a lot of fun. Although yesterday I did find myself in quite a pickle because there's a Taco Bell and it's right by a Pizza Hut. The Pizza Hut was my initial location that I wanted to go to because I wanted to get the stuffed crust because they don't have it in New York City. However, I didn't realize it was going to be right by a Taco Bell. Taco Bell is my favorite fast food of all time, so I got both. And I got a I got $28 worth of Taco Bell, a gordita, a Mexican pizza, and I got um um oh, what was the other thing that I got, Mary? It was a chalupa. And and uh, and uh, the uh and the and the burrito, the the chalupa, but then they got the hard shell taco in there. That's like I think that's a gordita. I don't know. And then I got a stuffed crust pizza and some breadsticks. So I am morbidly obese, bigger than ever Ben Kissel. <laughs> All right. So it was good, though. It was a lot of fun. You know, I mean, you're hotel living. Oh. Okay. So let's talk about this. So since early May, we're going to talk, of course, here now about immigration. Uh, Donald Trump, he's been listening, listening to these maniacs, uh, specifically Stephen Miller and Jeff Sessions. 
Uh, evidently, John Kelly, you know, I knew he had some problematic views when it came to immigration. You kind of called them animals and stuff like that. Of course, Donald Trump referred to uh, our immigration situation as, quote, an infestation of immigrants, which is absolutely detestable. Of course, these are human beings. They are not vermin. Uh, but a lot of the rhetoric coming out of this administration would make you think that they are vermin or from an intergalactic planet. In this case, that planet is most common, Mexico, uh, because, of course, they refer to them as aliens on a regular basis. So since May, of 2000, or since May, 2,342 kids have been separated by their parents. Uh, most of these kids are detained, mostly boys as well. It's roughly uh, 1,500 boys, 800-plus uh, girls. Doesn't really matter, but nonetheless... Some of them are detained, many of them are detained, and then some are sent off to emergency foster care homes. As someone who grew up in a foster care home, I can tell you um, there's not a lot, not nearly enough of them. So a lot of these kids, again, just detained. They're in cages, just however you want to swing it. These kids are just in cages. It's absolutely uh, horrendous, to say the least, and completely anti-American. Of course, Congress has Republicans as well, moderate Republicans, Mitch McConnell, uh, Laura Bush, of course, the, the wife of George W. Bush, everyone's favorite. I'm not going to say war criminal, but I'm just going to say... He, he, they like each other, so that's very nice. She came out and wrote a scathing, a scathing article, uh, yelling at Donald Trump and his administration, of course, for their family separation policies. So let's get into a little bit more here. And of course, again, he has his proponents. Donald Trump always has like his base, core proponents when it comes and advocates when it comes to his immigration plan. In this case, it was Ann Coulter. Uh, of course, she comes out and she's joking, basically, about detaining children, uh, having children in prison. And I understand, like, Obama did some horrible things as well. Yes, we all understand. But Obama's not president anymore. And Donald Trump has uh, really picked up his game when it comes to immigration and when it comes to inhumane immigration policy. Obama did some mistakes, uh, made some mistakes. But we can't just sit there and say Obama did it, so it's fine that Trump is doing it because, first of all, Trump is doing it a hell of a lot worse, and it wasn't good when Obama did it. And, uh, of course, a lot of these Republicans or conservatives who are now saying, well, it's okay because Obama did it, it's a very bizarre kind of counterintuitive thinking because whatever Obama did, they hate it. So that should be used as a deterrent for them of, uh, for them to support this. They, sh they should say, Obama did it. We can't do that. This is the only area. Immigration is the only area in Donald Trump's warped, weird, little childlike mind where he kind of agrees with Barack Obama. He, if he really wanted to go against Obama and dismantle every single thing Obama ever did, he should go the complete opposite direction when it comes to immigration and have a more humane, rational approach because we cannot have a the largest economy in the world without immigrant labor. It is just such common sense. And you talk to these people who have, you talk to the farmers who are in need of immigrant labor. Uh, they Everyone knows that. That's the underground economy. They are the reason that uh, our economy hums. And then, of course, we have the steel and aluminum tariffs going on with Canada uh, by the way, Canada is about to legalize marijuana. Isn't that exciting? 
It's going to make that poutine taste a hell of a lot better. So we have the steel tariffs, the aluminum tariffs. Those are going to totally screw over the farmers. And now we have a situation where they cannot find any workers whatsoever uh, because of this country's immigration policy. So that is that's Trump country right there. A lot of those folks voted for Donald Trump, and they are the ones who are uh, getting screwed over. So I guess, you know, they they uh, they bought it. Um, and of course, we're all paying for it. Going back to Trump supporters, you have people like Ann Coulter, who no matter what Donald Trump does, and well, no matter how mean Donald Trump can be, no matter how inhumane Donald Trump's immigration policies can get, they love it. They want more and more. They want they want it to be meaner than ever before. Ann Coulter, just uh, if you if you didn't think she was soulless before, you can't you, you got to think so now because she is a harsh uh, proponent of exactly what's happening right now or what was happening as of five hours ago on our southern border when it comes to separating children from their families. And I know Ann Coulter. I met Ann Coulter when I was producing and uh, starring on that Fox News show Red Eye. I actually had a chance to do the panel with her, and all she talked about was her new home in the Hamptons, and she was getting it built. And you know for a fact the people that were building that home looked a hell of a lot like the people she maligns on a regular basis in her tweets, in her books, on her television appearances. She is, uh, I don't know if she, you know, there's a lot of people who say, does she believe what she says? And I think the answer is yes. I think that she does believe it. And I think she believes in the paycheck she gets because of her bigotry, because of her insane policies. And it's not even, I mean, like the bigotry aspect's one part of it, but then we also have a massive economic toll when it comes to imprisoning these people and also a massive economic toll, uh, as I said earlier, when it comes to our agriculture industry. So Ann Coulter is out there just completely supporting Donald Trump and the family separation policies, almost laughing about it again because now we live in a time where the rhetoric has gotten so bad that they're equating human beings to rats, uh, to vermin. Ann Coulter does is uh, just, honestly, Mary, I'm going to have to say this, one of the worst. What do you, is there anyone that, that you can think of? Because all this woman does, I'm telling you, she's a multimillionaire. She lives up in the Hamptons. Uh, that's that's all she was talking about. And then she goes on television. She was hawking some stupid book at the time. This is before her Trump Save America book or whatever. And it's all the same just racist rhetoric that's counterintuitive to our economy. And it's completely counterintuitive to American ideals overall. Wow, bold stance that Ann Coulter sucks. <laughs> well, I would have to say, Ben, um, I agree with you 100%, but uh, you can't be surprised that that's the position she's taking. But it is kind of shocking at the right's approach to this, because in my view of the whole situation, uh, out of immigrants that come to this uh, country illegally, you would think that the ones that are coming with a family, uh, wife, children, those right. are the type of immigrants we want here, because that statistically is probably not the demographic of people who are going to do crime in this country. If you're yeah. really concerned about crime in this country, especially from immigrants, you would be more concerned about, uh, in particular, single men coming across the border. And yet, um, it seems like families are the ones that are being targeted. And additionally, the Republican side keeps defending this by saying, you know, these are, were things that were put in place by prior administrations. They're blaming How the Democrats. However, those were put in place for children that were brought here 
uh, not brought here, that came here by themselves who were under the age of 18. So, for example, if a 14-year-old girl or a 16-year-old boy, or for even, for example, that Jane Doe case that happened earlier in the mm. year, that was to protect those illegal immigrants, not to separate children from families that are coming over together. And going back to what I was talking about when it comes to the vermin conversation, this is a Donald Trump tweet. By the way, I am off of Twitter, and evidently when you get off of Twitter, it doesn't, like... I don't know. It doesn't say this guy deactivated his account, uh, deactivated his account. It says that I blocked you if you've tried to add me as a friend. I didn't block anyone. I don't think I've ever blocked anyone, maybe a person or two. Um, but I'm just off of Twitter and I feel a lot better with it because it was stressing me out an account that everyone's rooting it, uh, specifically our president, the president of the United States, uh, Donald John Trump. Nonetheless, so find me on Instagram at Ben Kissel one. This is his tweet. He says, Democrats are the problem. Again, this dude's been in office now for a year and a half. And uh, you got to take some responsibility. He's like the opposite. I think who I forget who says the buck stops here. Maybe it was Truman. And that was, I think that was in, uh, in terms of the Japanese internment camps as well. Um, but he is the opposite of that. The buck. He, he passes the buck better than Tom Brady passes a football. Oh, man, I'm on fire here. More better than Aaron Rodgers passes a football. Great references. Yeah, double, double references there. Donald Trump goes on to say in this ridiculously stupid tweet, they don't care about crime and want illegal immigrants no matter how bad they may be. You know those really dangerous four-year-olds? They're just so violent, so crazy with their love of Dora, the explorer. No matter how bad they are, to pour into our... They don't care about crime and want illegal immigrants no matter how bad they may be. To pour into... To pour into and infest our country like MS-13. They can't win on their terrible policies, so they view them as potential voters, which is, of course, tethered to this idea that somehow we had three million illegal voters who voted for Hillary Clinton. Therefore, Donald Trump, he didn't lose. He did not lose the majority. He did not lose um, uh, the popular vote because it was three million people illegally voted for Hillary Clinton. You know, because voter turnout is so high and everyone <laughs> in America is just like, I can't wait to vote on Tuesday and take off of work and uh, have to stop doing what I'm doing so I can go participate in our extremely flawed democratic process. Well, additionally, statistically, Hispanic voters, especially people mm -hmm. from Mexico and Central America and South America, uh, vote Republican. Uh, that's often a lot why of them do. Florida goes red is because of a high Hispanic population. And a big Cuban population. The yeah. Cubans were very upset with Barack Obama when he went over and met with Castro. They remember what it was like to live under Castro, and they didn't like us extending the olive branch to... Uh, to that fella there, of course, the Republicans demonized Obama quite heavily for that. But when Donald Trump meets with Kim Jong-un, someone said it's Kim Jong-un, not Kim Jong-un or Jong-un. Um, but uh, it's, it's gone both ways. I've heard it both ways. So I don't know. Whatever. I think that if you're running actively a Holocaust in your country, people can mispronounce your name. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very true. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I am not worried about offending Kim Jong Un, <laughs> but uh, nonetheless. So that is the um, the situation going on right now with the Republican Party. I think they saw this whole thing as a real potential quagmire for them going into the midterms because there is no way we don't quite have the polling data on it yet. Um, but there is no way that this is a uh, universal win for the Republican Party. 
And these kids were not being coached. Like all of that is like completely and utterly insane. Uh, children, it's very difficult. Ask any producer here in Hollywood. Very difficult to find a good child actor. Extremely difficult. There's very, very few of them. They have to be tiny and they have to have big heads. And they can never really age. And unfortunately, when they do age, it all falls apart for them. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to save your money. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's the same people uh, that say these children are being coached. It's the same people uh, that say all of these mass shootings. It's no one. There's no victims. It's all crisis actors. It's those same people who are now trying to take that horseshit narrative or, or dog shit idea that this is all not happening because these children are being coached. Um, to make it seem as if this isn't as bad as it obviously is. Uh, It's those same people. It's that same thinking that is uh, trying to be, uh, you know, mainstreamed by a lot of these folks to make it seem like this practice of family separation isn't as horrible as it so obviously is because it can't be horrible if it's not even real, Mary. Yeah. Look at Sandy Hook. Not Not even real. Parkland, not even real. Just amazing child actors. Speaking of uh, the economics of this, when it comes to cost, there's a lot of these tent cities. And of course, tent cities, this is an idea that you might recall coming from the recently pardoned sheriff, Joe Arpaio. This was uh, tent cities no longer exist in Arizona. By the way, we will be in Phoenix, Arizona next Thursday. Good plug. Thank you. I'm pretty sure. Did that show sell out? I don't know. I think it's sold out. But nonetheless, we'll be hanging out there in Phoenix. And then right after that show, we've got to go to Philadelphia. And then after Philadelphia, we've got to go to Boston. Or it's one of the other. No, actually, it's Boston and then Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. I don't know where I'll be. Plugs at the 15-minute mark. Bold move. I don't know anymore. (laughs) Hi there. Ben Kissel here for Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club sent me some of their great products, and I've loved everything they've sent my way. Dollar Shave Club has everything you need to get ready in the bathroom. Their mint and cedarwood body wash keeps me smelling good and Marcus happy when we're recording on hot Brooklyn summer days. Dollar Shave Club, yes, that Dollar Shave Club delivers everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. You name it, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, even a wipe that'll leave your tush feeling tingly clean. I'm a big fan of their amber and lavender calming body cleanser. Never smelled anything like it. Good luck finding a product that great at the store. All of the Dollar Shave Club's products are made with top shelf ingredients that won't break your budget. You'll feel the difference. Plus, shipping is included with your membership. And here's a great way to try a bunch of Dollar Shave Club's products. For just five bucks, you can get their Daily Essentials Starter Set. It comes with body cleanser, one wipe Charlie's, their amazing butt wipes, their world famous shave butter, and their best razor, the Six Blade Executive. Keep the blades coming for a few more bucks a month and add in shampoo, toothpaste, or anything else you need for the bathroom. Check it all out at the dollarshaveclub.com slash top hat. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash top hat. 
All right. <laughs> I, I, what am I supposed to do here? Anyway, we're talking tent cities. I was thinking Phoenix, Sheriff Joe mm-hmm. Arpaio. Mm-hmm. You think Arizona. Now I'm thinking Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Horrible man. Unconstitutional every single thing that he did. Of course, he would just pull over people based on race. The courts told him not to do that because, uh, again, the Constitution of the United States dictates that he does not do that. He continued to do that and was therefore found guilty of a felony. Sheriff Joe Arpaio, by the way, running for Senate because that's what you do. Once you're pardoned by the President of the United States, you run for Senate. I guess. Naturally, they have their primary in Arizona on August 28th. So if you are a registered Republican, which is you are within your rights to do so, please, Lord, go out and vote against Sheriff Joe Arpaio. There's another psychopath out there, Kelly Ward. Just try to find a rational Republican uh, because we just desperately need rational people uh, back in Washington. So please, Lord, do not let. Oh, I'm praying now. Please, Lord. Please, Lord, that, that's a bad sheriff Joe Arpaio is. He made me a Christian. Good Lord, maybe religious, praying that he does not become the next senator out of Arizona, of course, replacing the man who will not run, Senator Jeff Flake. And as we talked about on the last episode, all of these Republicans who are so, they just, they're going to lose, like Bob Corker out of Tennessee, obviously, as we saw Mark Sanford out of South Carolina losing to the person who was supported by Donald Trump. Uh, these Republican primaries, this is where Donald Trump does very well when it comes to picking uh, a candidate. Of course, in the general, as we've seen, He doesn't fare as well or so well uh, as, of course, we saw in Alabama, Virginia, and so on and so forth. Nonetheless, Jeff Flake, Bob Corker, all these Republicans who are now coming out and saying how horrible Donald Trump is, you know, good, congratulations. Uh, You're finally telling some semblance of the truth when it comes to Donald Trump and specifically his immigration policies. Because again, you know me on my last episode, I thought the North Korea stuff, we'll see. I want to be optimistic, but of course he always he always somehow manages to disappoint, doesn't he? But nonetheless, when it comes to his immigration policy, this is a huge stain on America. This is the worst thing that's happened. Obviously, a lot of references to the Japanese internment camps, and some people will split hairs and say, well, the Japanese were U.S. citizens, so it's technically worse. And I think we can just agree they're both bad. I mean, they didn't separate children from their parents in the Japanese internment camps. Well, that's true. And again, of course, uh, I believe I believe it was Harry Truman uh, that apologized and said, we're not going to do that again. And then Donald Trump said, you know what? Let's rethink our inks and perhaps go back to a similar Policy. So Sheriff Joe Arpaio, of course, again, he's the dude, introduced Tent City, made everyone wear pink underwear. Oh, my God, because how demoralizing is that? I mean, he's just an utter scumbag, uh, this guy. It reportedly costs, when you separate the kids from their parents in these so-called tent cities, and I don't know if they're, like, I don't even know what the, I think the term city is really being, like, loosely uh, used here. It's just a, it's a, it's a campground. Yeah, cities uh, it's a, usually it's have like Seven Elevens and hospitals and yeah. I don't think services. That, right. I don't really think that's happening. It costs per child, per day, per night, seven hundred and seventy-five dollars. I mean that uh, that's going to add up when we have over twenty-three hundred kids uh, hanging out in. Um, intense cities for an indefinite amount of time of course that's the other proposal coming from donald trump he wants to hold the adults who cross our border in 
definitely, which is going to cost us astronomical amounts of money. His buddies and uh, at uh, Core Civic and Geo Group, these schmucks who run all these private prisons, eh, you know, they'll be doing okay. They'll they'll have a little bit more money in their pockets. Their stocks are gonna go up. It's completely insane, completely inhumane, and again, completely anti-American. If you keep the families together, uh, and this is an estimate from 2014, it's roughly $300 a night. So it's almost $800 a night. If you separate them, put the children in these so-called, again, tent cities, or $300 a night uh, to keep them together. So you have an economic reason to not separate. You have a um, just a humane reason to not separate. So I'm not quite sure other than outright um, just to really nail home the point to Donald Trump supporters that he really, really dislikes immigrants. So Donald Trump, I'm going to go and read some of the full or I want to read section one of the executive order that he was able to sign or that he did sign today. And again, Congress should pass a resolution. Congress needs to pass a bill that says we will never separate children from families at the border. They just need to put that, make it a law so we no longer uh, have, have to go through anything like this. I mean, I'm not sure if people thought it was going to get this bad, but again, when you got Stephen Miller being one of the longest aides in our longest serving aides in the White House, little worm tongue really starts to resonate in the mind of the very uh, in the very spongy brain of Donald Trump. And as we were talking about, oh, my goodness, many episodes ago. Uh, so we went to meet with Duterte and his idea once he came back was let's execute let's have the death penalty for drug dealers so that's where he went in and said if you're caught selling fentanyl which is horrible and evidently now here in la they're cutting their coke with fentanyl a lot of people are dying be very careful i would say take a little break from from the nose candy for now because it is fentanyl will kill you very quickly and evidently in new york my friend is dating someone who is a da and she prosecutes a lot of drug cases Evidently, they are stamping fentanyl now with the Molly logo, which is always so funny that they have like these little logos and stuff like Nike and Adidas, but for drugs. Um, evidently, they're taking fentanyl pills, st st uh, stamping them with the Molly logo, and a lot of people are overdosing. So be very, very careful. Um, I guess you no one has to do cocaine or Molly, but if you do, just please... Uh, just be very careful uh, when it comes to all of that. So he took Duterte's idea of death penalty for drug dealers. And that's not going to solve the problem. As a matter of fact, if that was the case, every CEO at uh, the vast majority of uh, Pfizer of these big pharma companies should be on the front lines uh, if that was going to be the case. And then he goes to meet uh, with uh, with Kim Jong-un. And the next thing you know, or Kim Jong-un, whoever wants whatever you want. Uh, and then he comes back with this idea of family separation, of children internment camps. So he just takes the worst ideas from every <laughs> one of the dictators that he goes to hang out with. And it happens. It has happened every single time. Obviously, this was pushed more by Jeff Sessions because... I don't know what happened to Jeff Sessions. I'm not sure if a bunch of Mexicans gave him a swirly or something at some point in his life, why he is so adamantly against 
anyone and everyone who wants to come to our country. And again, we need a path to citizenship, all that kind of stuff. I totally get that. Uh, we are talking about people who are breaking the law, yada, yada, yada. I understand. Emphasis on the word people. Okay, nonetheless, Donald Trump coming back from North Korea, you do get the feeling that he he's more okay with brutality every time he hangs out with a brutal leader. I think he likes them. Like when he called Kim Jong-un a wonderful man, a brilliant man, a man who loves his people, I think he just like thinks that. And it's like not, <laughs> obviously not the case. So He loves some of his people. He does love some of his people. And then even those people, they better love him more than he loves them. Or th- they will be murdered, mm-hmm. uh, aggressively mm-hmm. killed with big artillery weapons too. Mm-hmm. He t- it, Honestly, that movie, The Interview, they weren't really off when it comes to the rocket launcher scene. That's how he killed his cousin or his uh, his uncle. He used a rocket launcher, which allegedly. No, I think that. Well, I I saw it on the National Geographic channel. Oh, really? Nat Geo. So mm. you know, I'm just gonna say it's true. Nonetheless, this is the sec- This is section one of the large executive order that Donald Trump signed today. He says, it is policy of the administration to rigorously enforce our immigration laws. Under our laws, the only legal way for an alien, this is the problem, uh, to enter this country is uh, designated a port of entry at an appropriate time. This says the word alien every single time as opposed to undocumented immigrant or even illegal immigrant or illegal persons. They use this term alien. So now we have an infestation of aliens. It's like the freaking movie Super Troopers. I mean, the way that this language erodes the humanity of the folks coming over our border, it's intended to do just that. And it's, you know, it kind of goes for some people a little bit under the radar. So they just start to think of them as aliens uh, from the planet of the Mexico and they start to think of them as bugs they start to think of them as rodents as vermin and that is again why we were able as a nation to get to the point where we're stripping children uh, ripping them from the arms of their parents because they're not even people it reminds me of that Black Mirror episode it was, do you watch the Black Mirror Mary? I am but I'm not caught up well this isn't on the latest season I okay, think this good. was the first season well maybe it was I don't know just go but for it it was the one where the woman was they were fighting all the monsters mm. do you remember that? yes and then um, and then what I forget what happened they got, she got deprogrammed or a light was flicked or something like that how did she snapped out of it or the guy snapped out of it I really enjoy legal marijuana in this state so I'm not going to be able to tell you what the plot was not a well hey not a problem I enjoy it even if it's illegal um (laughs) so anyways the person snaps out of it and you realize they're not hunting monsters they're hunting people a great analogy for our immigration for what ICE is currently doing right now even the leader of ICE he was on CNN with Wolf Blitzer and Wolf was like yo dude is this humane? And the head of ICE um, or immigration over there at the border was like, well, it's the law. It's not even the law, by the way. It was a policy idea that they gave a lot of, they just went all in with this policy idea and that is not the law. At no time did this have to happen. And he just constantly, instead of accurately saying how his heart felt, which was, of course, this is inhumane, he just said, we're just enforcing uh, the law. And we got there again because of this rhetoric of just aliens. So it goes on, section one, when an alien enters or attempts to enter the country anywhere else, that alien has committed at least the crime of improper entry and is 
subject to a fine or imprisonment under Section 1325 of Title VIII in the United States Code. And now, of course, as we just mentioned, he is subject or she is subject to imprisonment. And now Donald Trump is pushing for imprisonment for life. It goes on to say this administration will initiate proceedings to enforce this and other criminal provisions of the INA until a, a and until and unless Congress directs otherwise. It is also the policy of this administration to maintain family unity, including by detaining alien families. Can you believe that? Alien, like the dinosaurs together weren't the dino were the dinosaurs aliens or they were just dinosaurs? I'm I'm sorry, what? The dinosaurs the dinosaurs. No, 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 no. They evolved naturally on this planet. Thank you. By detaining alien families together where appropriate and consistent with law and available resources, it is unfortunate that Congress's failure, once again, just passing the buck, and I think Congress got to do something about this. I'm not saying they don't, but it is unfortunate, going back to what this Section 1 here of this um, executive order says regarding family uh, unification, it is unfortunate that Congress's failure to act and court orders have put the administration in the position of separating alien families to effectively enforce the law. How did Donald Trump make himself the victim here? Like, how does that, like, that, the, the mental jujitsu that he has to go through to somehow make himself son of a, uh, well, multimillionaire, maybe a billionaire, the billionaire kid, how does he make himself the victim in this case? How is he somehow still worse off than the children that are being separated from their parents? I mean, it is, it is just absolutely stunning uh, that section one of this executive order go and give it a list or go give it a read i'm not going to bore you with the entire thing but the rhetoric is very similar and of course he still says they're going to detain the parents and they're only going to be together as long as the immigration proceeding is going on so at some point most likely inevitably the kids will end up separated from their parents anyway when those parents are shipped off to a private prison so this is really, it's not even like they're gonna, they're not staying together forever because their zero tolerance policy is uh, still in full effect. It's just now during the proceedings, the kids get to be with their parents. Hi there, Ben Gissel here for Stitch Fix. It's important to look your best, but it can be hard to dress stylishly. And if your life is busy like mine, eh, taking the time to go shopping can feel like a chore. Plus, if you're anything like me, dressing stylishly can feel like dressing like someone else. But our friends at Stitch Fix helped me discover a style I never knew I had, based on my favorite types of clothes and budget. Stitch Fix has made finding and buying clothing a breeze. Just jump on your laptop, smartphone, or tablet and answer some basic questions about your sizes, favorite styles, and budget. Your personal stylist then springs into action, hand-selecting five brand new clothing items just for you. I know, I know, personal stylist sounds like something only the rich and famous can afford, but you can too. Stitch Fix's styling fee is only 20 bucks, which is applied as a credit toward anything you keep. And since your personal stylist uses only your preferences to pick your clothes, you're still in complete control. Once your items arrive, try them on and only pay for what you keep. Don't like something? Need another size? Just send the items back, no questions asked. And shipping is always free both ways. Get your fix whenever you want or sign up to receive scheduled shipments. The choice is yours. I love Stitch Fix and I know you will too. 
Hurry to stitchfix.com slash top hat to get started now. Keep all five items in your box and you'll get 25% off your entire purchase. That's stitchfix.com slash top hat, stitchfix.com slash top hat. Going back is what I said earlier regarding Laura Bush. She says uh, she wrote a, um, she wrote a, uh, I guess, what was it? Kind of a memo, huh? Um, what do you say, memo, Mary? A, a note. A note. A note from the bushes. A note from the bushes. And she says, I live in a border state. I appreciate the need to enforce our international boundaries, but this zero tolerance policy is cruel, it's immoral, and it breaks my heart. And just to tell you how bad our policies must be, again, Laura Bush was married to George W. Bush, who put us in the worst war since Vietnam. So that is, and that was like, I would, I'm not, she never said anything bad about it. So I'm assuming she was pro Iraq war. But because of how horrible, um, this administration's policy is. She has said that this is finally, her heart is finally breaking uh, when it comes to U.S. policy. This is without a doubt the biggest blemish on the Trump administration. This is, again, the biggest blemish uh, in the United States in, in a very, very long time, the, the largest blemish uh, on the United States for a very, very long time. And we're just going to see what the actual political ramifications are for the Trump administration, I, I cannot imagine that this is if if you aren't turned off by this and you voted for Donald Trump, he's going to have people no matter what. He's going to have his like, you know, there's always going to be, yeah, I would say, 15 percent of this country that probably support this. Uh, I have no problem with it. And now they probably see Donald Trump or they may see Donald Trump if they listen to his lie. He just lies. They regurgitate the lie. And somehow it becomes a truth. They're blaming it on the Democrats. And now Donald Trump can say, I stopped it, even though he did it. He put it in place. And now he's going to take um, credit for stopping it. But I do not imagine this playing well for him or the people that he has endorsed in these primary or in the in the soon-to-be midterm election, um, it cannot be a political winner. And if you're a, uh, you know if you're working against one of the if you're a candidate going against one of these Trump-supported candidates in the general, you have your 30-second slam ad like worked out, and it's not even a slam ad because it would be an accurate criticism, an accurate uh, inaccurate uh, critique of their failure when it comes to in uh, when it comes to humane policy making uh specifically on our issue of immigration this is going to play very well and i think donald trump has learned like you can go after nfl football players and he his numbers go up you know in a strange way of course those are adults they have a little bit of money uh they can speak back they can fight back when it comes to children i i just feel like um no matter who you are, the vast, vast, vast majority of people in the world, when they hear a child scream for their parent, there it's just there's something. It's just like biological. You just feel like you just you're just like that's not something is not right there. There was an interesting caller on Morning Edition this morning who was a pediatrician for going on 35 years who called in and said the reason why he felt so passionately about this is from his experience as a pediatrician and also working in hospitals on a pediatrics ward, he's come to be able to identify the different types of cries that children have and babies have in terms of if they're hungry, if they're tired, if they're just upset. And he said the reason why he felt so passionately about this subject is because when he watched the videos of the Mm. children 
children in those encampments. It was the equivalency of the way children cry when they are in uh, urgent care or having oh. a tr- tremendously traumatic thing happen to them. Oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't speak until I was four years old. Yeah. I would just. Well, you're of- making up for it now. <laughs> I would whimper, and then my brothers would give me whatever I wanted. Hmm. And in no way has that shaped my life. Or <laughs> no, there's no psychological changes because that happened. I didn't because I was just a fat child. I didn't even I didn't walk. I didn't speak. I would just be like, Meh. and then they'd be like, he wants peanut M and M's, and that's still the case today. It's still the yeah, case. Yeah, that's what we do every time we make that noise. We just Meh. give you some peanut M and M's. Honestly, that would that just like solves everything. But now I have a little tummy ache. But that's okay. Uh, just finishing off a little bit more here from this Laura Bush thing. She says our government should not be in the business of warehousing children in converted box stores or making plans to place them in tent cities in the desert outside of El Paso. I can't even believe we have to utter this sentence. These images are eerily reminiscent of the Japanese-American internment camps of WW2, now considered to have been one of the most shameful episodes in U.S. history. And there is no greater, um, I guess... Trail of tears, maybe. Trail of tears. But, you know, when you just think about, like, we're this late-stage capitalism we're in. And I capitalism, I think it, it needs – it can be tweaked. It can – but capitalism, I think, as a, as a uh, political or as a economic ideology, as we're seeing in, in, in China, despite the fact it's politically communist, it's still a capitalist society, right? Capitalism as an economic philosophy can, co- um, can uh, run concurrent with basically any political ideology. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing this uh, late stage capitalism that we're in, and there's no greater image that I can think of of the issues with late stage capitalism than immigrant children in cages inside of a vacant super Walmart. Yeah, like that is like that's so that is just so um, unbelievably powerful. Yeah, if Banksy did it, you'd think it was hack. Totally, honestly, honestly, that's that's so funny because that's completely true. Anyway, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I guess that's all we can get to today. I know there's a lot of other things going on, but I just felt like this really kind of deserved a little bit more of a deep dive because as I was watching the news all week, uh, you know, just kind of busy, just kind of traveling around. I just kind of like popped up and you, you kind of see the, the, the scrolls and all that kind of stuff there on the bottom. And just and, you know, it really was as we talked about on, on maybe two episodes ago. When it came to the original separation, the lie that the parents were told by border agents or by ICE agents telling them that they're going to go give their children a bath. And then at some point, uh, the parents realized the kids aren't coming back and it's possible they never see them again because, again, now it's possible that the parents never get out of prison. So that is like totally I and I'm you know me. I'm not a Nazi comparison guy, Um, but my God, if you're going to make one. If you have never made one before in your life, and I have really, really tried not to because I think it's such a, a, a serious accusation to charge someone as being a Nazi. But when we talk about go to the showers, when they say they're going to go have a bath, I understand they're not murdering these children. But my God, um, doesn't that make doesn't that conjure up horrible, horrible images? And we got to nip this in the bud now. Because we're seeing it, it, how possible it is, you know, to go down again that kind of road um, towards just a, a total, a total mass atrocity. So we we have to be very careful. And so, thankfully for now, uh, Donald Trump did sign this executive order. Of course, once again, he created the problem, and it's a band aid to say the least. 
and our foster care system is going to be completely overrun with foster children. And if you are someone who uh, has the um, has the economic ability or just the uh, the housing ability to take in a child. I highly recommend doing it. Um, it's extremely difficult. It's extremely stressful for your whole family, and it's not something to be taken lightly. But my goodness, do we need? Uh, we're going to have to have a you know a lot more help out there. Yeah. So, but to, to, I'm going I'm going to try to be positive here, Mary, because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. This was a situation where protest, where public outcry actually did get a policy change. So that is a good thing. Uh, speaking of protest. Uh, Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen, she was dining, and this is, you can't even make this stuff up. She was being protested. There was She was at a restaurant. People were protesting outside of it. Of course, she has been a big supporter of Donald Trump, his administration. Naturally, she is the Homeland Security Secretary. She has defended this zero, poli- zero tolerance policy. And interestingly enough, protests uh, the restaurant that she was at, a Mexican restaurant. Mm. Isn't that fun? So I guess maybe she, she does like parts of their culture. She just doesn't <laughs> want them over here, but she does like a little guacamole, maybe mm-hmm. a fajita plate, something like that. She is really, uh, they're all complicit. I mean, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, obviously, you know, we see her every single day. She's got a hell of a job, and I guess she does it well, doesn't she? Uh, <laughs> she she criticizes the press so well. Evidently, she is extremely stressed out, as you can imagine. And my <laughs> sympathy, think? yeah, my sympathy isn't like, oh my God, I can't believe. She, of course, she's, a lot of us are stressed out at work, <laughs> uh, especially now the 8 million people working two or more jobs just to make ends meet. Uh, but when it comes to Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I don't think that she's going to be there much longer. I give her maybe until the end of the year. Um, and maybe she'll Bud Dwyer herself on stage. I have no idea the level of stress uh, that is at some point it's got to be getting to her. I do like Huckabee on, on um, CMT. Is it, It's TBN. I watched the show Huckabee on TBN all the time because mm-hmm. it's so not purposely funny. And then I find <laughs> myself like really liking it. And Huckabee uh, of course, I'm talking about Governor Mike Huckabee. Mm-hmm. He's soliciting donations from the people who watch that show. Uh, not the wealthiest people on earth, I'm assuming. He wants $1,200. That was the start. They're like, donate to the Mike Huckabee show. Just send in $1,200 and you'll get a free mug. And I'm like, well, it's not free. Um, <laughs> it's $1,200. So, of course, uh, you know, he just exploits uh, a lot of under, um, a, a lot of folks without a lot of money. That's basically he watches that show and he asks them for twelve thousand or twelve hundred dollars, which is totally uh, and completely crazy. So Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen eating at a Mexican restaurant. People decided uh, to go. They knew that she was there and they protested. I also want to touch on this just a little bit because it's kind of fits into what we're talking about regarding the slide into uh, just uh, horrendous possibilities the slide into uh, you know a future filled with human atrocities the US because Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley of course there she's out she's there with the United Nations a lot of people a lot of more moderate Republicans would say that she has been the shining light of this administration not very difficult but nonetheless that's what she was sort of being seen as of course she does do a lot of the dirty work when it comes to representing the US and Donald Trump's policy ideas to the UN 
Nonetheless, uh, the U.S. is now withdrawing from the United Nations Human Rights Council. The Trump administration announced this yesterday, it was Tuesday, calling it, quote, a cesspool of political bias that targets Israel in particular while ignoring atrocities in other countries. Of course, this is... You know, Donald Trump moving uh, the capital of uh, of Israel to Jerusalem. We have Benjamin Netanyahu, by the way, who is facing some very, very serious accusations there in Israel. We have the situation with the Gaza Strip. We have the situation with settlements. And, uh, you know, I understand it's a it is a tricky situation, to say <laughs> the least. There are many people who want to eradicate Israel off the face of the planet and don't believe that they have rights to that land. But then we have the other situation where the Israelis are the strong, I would argue, the strongest army in the world because it's basically everything great that we have, they have, and they just kind of like use it a lot. Of course, they also have a dome, a missile defense system, uh, which we're going to get into on the next episode. I want to talk about the Space Force because that is like, that's kind of fun. Like the Space Force is kind of fun. Uh, Ronald Reagan was like Star Wars and now Trump is like Space Force. And if a Democrat was just like, if they said either of those things, I'd be like, that's a good idea. We have to do that. So I'm, I'm actually all for Space Force because that sounds kind of fun. No matter who you are, brushing your teeth is one of the most important parts of your day to stay healthy. Quip knows that, and their team of dentists and designers is focused on helping you take care of your mouth better. For starters, Quip is an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes while still packing just the right amount of vibrations to help clean your teeth. Quip's built-in timer helps you clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes with guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. Next, Quip's subscription plans are for your health, not just convenience. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Quip also comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel wherever you take your teeth. And finally, everyone loves Quip. They were on Oprah's O-List, named one of Time's Best Inventions, and is the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. Plus, they're backed by a network of over 20,000 dentists and hygienists, and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers use Quip every day. Quip starts at just 25 bucks, and if you go to getquip.com slash top hat right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash top hat, spelled G E T. Q-U-I-P dot com slash top hat. But nonetheless, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. again, Nikki Haley, said she had traveled to the council's headquarters in Geneva. Going back just quickly, Israel, what they're doing there with the settlements, it is, it's brutal. And, uh, the, you know, these the Palestinians, you can make a strong argument, you can make a strong case that they are prisoners in their own country. And... Um, of course, we should have, as a matter of fact, I'm going to have my boy Saman Arbabi on at some time here in the very near future to talk about it. So she said uh, she traveled to the council's headquarters in Geneva a year ago to call for reforms. And evidently, they didn't listen to her idea as far as what reforms she wanted. So she says, this is what she told reporters at the State Department. She says, regrettably, it is now clear that our call for reform was not heeded. Human rights abusers continue to serve on and be elected to 
the council and you can't even wrap your brain around the levels of irony of Nikki Haley stepping out of this group or withdrawing from the United Nations Human Rights Council because it it has too many people who are pro, or advocates for atrocities uh, on the board. You can't even script this stuff. She added, the world's inhumane regimes continue to escape scrutiny and the council continues politicizing and scapegoating of countries with positive human rights records in an attempt to distract from the abusers in their ranks. She goes on to say, for too long, the Human Rights Council has been the protector of human rights abusers and a cesspool of political bias. So even just politically speaking, this is probably not like the greatest optics move of all time. Child camps combined with the U.S. withdrawing from the United Nations Human Rights Council. Of course, um, under the guise of being pro-Israel, so he will... That evangelical base that Donald Trump desperately courted and desperately needed to become president is is still happy, uh, despite the fact that some Christian leaders came out and said, hey, you know, maybe you want to keep families together. That's not really the Christian way. Although you didn't hear anything from uh, James Dobson or Jerry Falwell Jr. or uh, Robert Jeffers, who is just one of the worst. And I saw him. I saw him in the in the green room at Fox. Mm. And uh, I also saw this guy, Tony Perkins, who's, I believe, uh, what is he, the family, the family something center. I mean, just like the worst people. And it really is difficult not to like scream at them and like but you know i don't know i'm there it's like a business setting it is what it is i don't want to say to them it's just really weird seeing these people uh in real life and of course he doesn't say anything on the child separation case as a matter of fact he supported uh, donald trump and jeff sessions and the white supremacist stephen miller's idea of child separation, and he did it in just the classiest way possible by sidestepping the issue. He said, quote, equally gut-wrenching is thinking about the child that was Kate Steinle. I hate people using people who have passed away post-mortem for their own political gain. Equally gut-wrenching is thinking about the child that was Kate Steinle, who was murdered by an illegal immigrant being separated forever from her parents. I think there has to be a balance here. So it is like totally insane. He says, I think the president is willing to sit down with Democrats and negotiate a way to protect our country and at the same time keep families together. I believe the scenes of children being separated from their parents, those pictures are gut-wrenching. So he is... He is, at the very least, understanding enough to say the optics of it are bad. But then, of course, in his own mind, he does justify it because a white girl did die. Yeah. So it's we might have to detain a couple thousand immigrant kids just to protect the next Kate Steinle. And obviously, uh, that was extremely sad. And uh, I don't want to see anybody die. Um, but you can just tell. So he's trying to speak out of both sides of his mouth because everyone is so worried about saying anything that will make them seem like they don't like Donald Trump because they're worried about the political blowback and in Jeffers case the economic blowback well you know um, 
it's unfortunate. Usually the rhetoric, especially the religious right, uses is that one death from an illegal immigrant uh, besmirches the entire community of people who come to this country Absolutely. for a better life, which, I mean, is understandable because Lord knows reverends mm. and priests have never had a single bad <laughs> apple among them, and Lord knows we can't yeah, judge is- them for that. No, absolutely not. And of course, again, going back to the last episode, I don't. Th- I think the sanctuary city policy should not have been extended like they did in San Francisco to felons. I don't think that that should have happened. So we do have to be rational. But he goes on to say, any American who commits a crime, this is uh, this is Robert Jeffers. Any American who commits a crime is going to be separated from his or her child. You don't you don't send children to jail with their parents in America. So I'm not sure why the only criminals who should get a pass on that policy would be illegal immigrants so how just as just as jesus would have said himself right yeah and we know that anyone who trespasses in this country is yes. jailed indefinitely oh absolutely you have to yeah yeah, you yeah absolutely if you go over a fence one time you're <laughs> fucked Oh, my gosh. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening to this show. I believe Mr. Marcus Pox will be back with us next week. But thank you, Mary Kelly, for uh, for joining the show. Thank you very much for having me. You are the greatest. And for those that don't know, Mary edits the show, and she has been doing an amazing job. And thank you for the peanut M&Ms. You're very welcome. All right, everyone. Hail yourselves. We shall talk to you soon. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost.